Hello everybody and welcome back to a seemingly rare Chilling with Netflix episode. Uh, I am Spencer. I'm Glenn. And we're here to review Glow. Uh, if you didn't watch Glow, we're sorry. We waited before we did this podcast because we knew it would be a spoiler cast. Um, it debuted June 29th on Netflix. Um, both seasons, we're reviewing season two. Both seasons are on there. If you haven't seen it, uh, highly recommend that you do go watch it. Um, it's it's probably the best female-driven show I've seen. Yeah, I mean, my brain may not be working properly, but I mean, I didn't. <laughs> there's not a whole lot of them, I guess. I would count Buffy, but it was like two females and a bunch of male cast members around her. So when people say female driven, I'm like, well, I mean, technically female lead, but female driven, I mean, I think is like the majority of your cast is female. So really, Glow is probably the best that I could think of. Or Orange is the New Black. I mean, those are the only two, really. Uh, yeah. There's a lot more dudes in Orange than. Well, well, no, Orange is the New Black would count as female driven. I just don't like it now. Which give Glow four seasons and maybe it'll turn to shit too. <laughs> um, I mean, you can't have constant. I guess you can't have constant winners. Netflix like House of Cards. You know how it turned to shit too. Um, that was before Kevin Spacey decided to uh, rape everybody. Um, so we're gonna start off. The first season was like ten episodes. The second season was, I believe, twelve or thirteen yep. episodes. Of course, uh, this this season we're dealing with. All right, cool. They've they've made it. They they made a great pilot. Um, the local network they're putting that show out there. They want to make shows. Cool. Now you get to deal with the director not trying to get something accomplished, but actually sticking to the task. Uh, the director uh, Mark Marin, that's his name, right? Yeah, Mark Marin. Uh, Mark Marin. He. Uh, he. I mean, obviously, he's a podcaster turned actor or actor. Poor actor turned podcaster turned better actor. Um, of course, recently being cast in um, uh, Walking the Phoenix's, Joker. Yeah. yeah, the Walking Phoenix Joker movie. Um, but uh, he's in there, and his character gets a lot more complex because whereas before it's like, well, can you get more complex than trying to fuck your daughter? Um, he does <laughs> somehow. Somehow he does, uh, and that was greatly appreciated. Uh, they really did. They really knew how to have a story for everybody. Um, but when we go over these these episodes, we're not going to go episode by episode, but we're going to go over the different arcs that everyone had. Um, and then we'll talk about our favorite episode, which, you know what? For once, me and Glenn agree on something, um, and I'm not even going to change my answer, because it is such a good episode that we will both just talk about that one episode but let's go over the cast and the additions to the cast um real quick now the cast pretty much stays exactly the same there are three characters that are added of significant importance um two of them only for a few episodes one of them for the whole season now that we'll start with the one for the whole season shakira barrera mm-hmm. barrera barrera um, Shakira, we're going to call her Shakira. Uh, she comes in as the new junk chain, which is at first off-putting. Because when they introduce her as the new junk chain, you don't 
you knew her see her at the end of season one junk chain had gotten cast on a buddy cop show um, a duo that was, I guess, you know, common 70s and 80s. You saw that a lot. So she got cast in one. And then they, you had this female, this, um, well, she's, she's portrayed as like Puerto Rican or something. She's Nicaraguan. Nicaraguan. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, the actresses, but, uh, you see her and it's like, oh, that's junk chain. So they, are they like being really hella meta right now? Like they're not bringing back. The original junk chain, and they're actually just going to um, have the this fake junk chain. Like, what the hell is this? But uh, it turned out her whole arc was she was a new junk chain. Then junk chain original got fired from her show that got that picked her up, and then she had to come back. And then they had a fight over who would be junk chain, and actually, um, she didn't. The original junk chain didn't want to be junk chain yeah. at all, which was really neat. Um, because it allowed her to do that Papa Shango kind of character. Which was really damn cool. Black Voodoo Queen. <laughs> yes, the Black Voodoo Queen, which the thing about the Black... That was based on an original Glow character. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of the original Glow character. Do you remember it? I'm not offhand, but it was... I mean, um, the the parallels between the original character and um, uh, what they did with uh, Cherry in, in, in this season was the, the two ladies who created this show have knocked it out of the park and they did their research and is it's its own thing because none of these characters actually were in the original glow the real you know the real life glow but they the similarities between these fictional characters and what we we watched in the 80s and 90s, on the actual show, Glow is really uncanny. Big Bad Mama. I just want to interrupt. Big Bad Mama. That was the original Glow woman. Uh, of course, Black Magic was her. Um, I guess you'd say the uh, the the Glow, the TV version, not the wrestling version. Yeah. Um, I, it's going. That's how we're going to have to differentiate these two. <laughs> um, but besides her, new Junk Chain. They have two other characters that are only in the show for a couple of episodes. One played by Patrick Renna, Killing Me Smalls. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually plays a fan that is super obsessed um, with with the show, and in particularly, he is obsessed with uh, Rhonda. Rhonda, yeah, yeah, and he like bakes her stuff and. <laughs> he like does anything she wants, and it's really weird. Creeper, stalker, eighty stalker vibe, big time. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, Rhonda uh, later on in that season, she actually because they introduced him pretty early. Then later on in the season, it was really neat that they'd made Rhonda deal with I'm not a legal citizen. <laughs> yeah. I just kept putting this off. I didn't think it was really important. Um, and then she has she figures out she has to get married, and she's like, "Well, that fan will do anything for me. Let me just marry him." And the, of course, we're this all all of this really ties into the final episode. But the final episode is truly um, a wedding episode, a wrestling wedding, if there ever has been one. And um, <laughs> all the tropes were there. All the tropes. It was great though. Uh, but um, Rhonda. Um, didn't want to marry the fan because Bash stepped in and he was like, 
I mean, you know, we could start, we could do this in reverse. We could get married first, then fall in love, kind of thing. Um, which Glenn has a um, theory about Bash. A theory about Bash. Well, actually, let's just jump over to Bash before I talk about the final um, new cast member. Um, so, Bash had a, a, a cool story. I always liked Bash. I thought Bash was really awesome. He was the best character on the show, for, for one of the best for me. Uh, he was always like really into everything. He really wanted this to happen. This was really his. He this was truly more than anyone else his passion project. Um, him and Ruth, those were the two that, that this was their passion project. Yeah. Um, well, he uh, has a friend that you've had in. You've seen him in season one. Season yeah. two, you don't really see him. Yeah. He's he's on his own. He's actually sleeping in one of the uh, hotel rooms with uh, Machu Picchu. Yeah. Yeah, he's sleeping in Machu Picchu's room, which also happens to be Rhonda's room. Um, but uh, he... There's a point in the story, and this is where Glenn's theory comes into play, where his best friend dies, and it really takes it out of him. His best friend dies of pneumonia. And he had been looking for his friend for a while. He like looked around for a long time, and it kind of it. His theory really does look like it checks out. But I'm gonna let him take over and tell his the theory. when you when you watch the show and you see how they play it out with um, him looking for his friend. I can't remember his friend's name. Um, Dead friend. With him looking for him and everything, and and just the way that. Uh, you know, he's like, man, I can't find him. Where is he at? He, it's this sense of urgency to locate him. Like, he really misses this guy. Well, if you read between the lines, with my theory is, I think that they were lovers. Um, it's then known, you know, he gets this phone call in, this, in one of the episodes where he's told that, that he's passed away, that he was real sick, had pneumonia. Um, and if you listen to what uh, the phone conversation is between Bash and, and the doctor on the phone more than likely if they do a season 3 which I hope they do um, more than likely his friend has died of AIDS because this is the this is around the time uh, this this season's filmed around the time where we had you know the massive explosion of people passing away from AIDS yeah Freddie Mercury um, uh, and so on and so forth. Um, and this is when it really hit big time. Um, and the way that they've they've done this story arc through this season with Bash, and he's tormented in this season something fierce about a lot of different things. Um, you actually see him have a meltdown. I mean, it's just yep. uh, him and uh, 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 the blonde, the main blonde. Uh, Debbie, Liberty Bell, both of those have essentially come to Jesus meetings with themselves because they both finally crack. Uh, but if you, if, as you're watching the show, pick up on these little things between Bash and him looking for his friend. Um, early on, I'm like, I wonder if the guy's, if he's passed away, or I wonder, maybe they're actually seeing each other. And then when they find out that he's dead, it's like, oh, Oh, complications from pneumonia. I, my theory is he had AIDS. Which, I mean, checks out. And it's implied, and that's, that's, that's really, you know, it's really, it's really relevant 
uh, for where the show, when the show takes place and stuff, and it gives Vash a uh, kind of a an extra layer. Yeah. But it also gives him a storyline that he can deal with. Because what if he contracted it as well? Um. So that it looks like we're just going to be going over everyone's arcs, which is actually fine. That's probably the best way to go about it. Um, so going over everyone's arcs, let me go and go, go ahead and talk about that last one, that last character, which is played by Horatio Sands. And it is awesome. You get introduced to him when um, Mark Maron is writing, uh, like, like pumping out information. Like, he's writing all these vignettes and stuff. Like, at a point where Glow thinks, well, we're just going to end. So, let's go ahead and just go balls deep. Let's just get, do everything we can. Let's, let's fuck everything up. And let's make all these dumb storylines. And so he just starts writing. Well, he goes to a strip club because that helps him concentrate somehow. And, um, you see... Beirut watching New Junk Chain <laughs> because that's a story that happened. Beirut didn't have a whole lot to do in this this season, but she did uh, have a neat little arc where people were treating her like a terrorist because people took wrestling really seriously or they just really got into their racism. And um, she wanted to change characters and had her idea changed or stolen by the well this this show's version of the Beatdown Biddies. Um, <laughs> when they changed into those toxic Avenger type yes. people. Um, but also, uh, um, she has a storyline where she has a dancing scene in one of those vignettes. Beirut dances with Junk Chain. And they kind of hit it off, and they kind of fall for each other. Well, Mark Marin, he is in there. He is doing his scripts. And we get introduced to Ray, the owner of the strip club, who's like, you're here all the time. Let's hang out. You do a TV show, blah, blah, blah. They start talking, and he invites Ray. He's like, hey, man, this is our last episode because we're going to get canceled. Do you want to come see it? And Ray's like, hell yeah. And then, of course, in that final episode, Ray becomes a very important part, and his character may actually continue because Ray winds up offering them a spot at a hotel in Las Vegas for a live show because... Here's the biggest arc for the story is their show gets picked up and then it gets dropped real quick. Um, and a lot of that has to do with Ruth not sleeping with a producer yep. at the at the executive level, which is also very relevant, especially with the Me Too coming from the Hollywood side. They've dealt with that for a long time. And she didn't want to do it. And then the show kind of gets shit-canned. And then that that's when they're like, well, let's try to shop around. And you see um, Bash and Debbie, um, Liberty Bell, they, uh, they try to shop the show around. And then they get a bunch of suitors for the show. And they come to the series finale, which is a wedding episode. And it's a super wrestling wedding trope episode. It's great. And a lot of people are interested and then the network comes down and they say, well, we own all of this. We own all of the names. We own all of the characters. We own everything. Yep. These people signed a contract earlier in the season. And nobody read it. And nobody <laughs> read it except for Debbie, who made her own changes. Yeah, Debbie's the only one that saved her ass with reading it, taking it to a, her ex-husband, yeah, uh, who's an attorney. 
and made, you know, got herself wedged in there as producer, um, which, you know, seems like be like she was, at that time, one of the smartest women on the show. Yeah, but instead of <laughs> fighting for owning her own character, because she really didn't care about her character, she cared about her creative control. So yep. she hulked Hogan her way to um, being on the, <laughs> on the board of creativity, and then they ignored her, Bash. Um... Bash and Sam, they, they ignored her and, you know, they went their own way with the stories that they wanted to do. Um, who else had stories that were really neat? Before we get to uh, our favorite story, which um, I'll wait for. I um, really like the way that they did uh, Sam this season. Um, you know... Uh, yeah, he had a lot to deal with. I talked about him having a more complicated season than fucking his daughter. So... Yeah. Uh, here, you, here you see him, you know, struggle with the whole fact of... He's got this kid living with him now, and he's torn between, um, you know, I can't give this kid my full attention and give my full attention to the show. He's kind of torn, and they're still fighting at the first of it, but then it turns around, and he's like, you know what? Um, I don't want you to leave. I mean, you're my kid. I've, I'm starting to, things are starting to go good for my life now. Yeah. And then her mom shows up out of the damn blue. And he's like, what the hell? But it's like full circle for Sam, even though, you know, you get the feeling he may not go visit her like he promises uh, that he will. Um, but, he, you know, he tells her, I'm going to keep your room. You'll have a place. Yeah. Um, it, it's really interesting on how you see him with Ruth. At first, you know, season one, he can't stand Ruth. I mean, she gets on his nerves all the time. In this season, you actually see that he has feelings for Ruth and has had feelings for Ruth for a while. And when he finally puts himself out there, she's like, yeah, I'm screwing the camera guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which made you feel bad for Sam. Season one, it's like, well, he's a dick. Yeah. This season, it's like, oh, man. Dude, mom came in and took, his, took her daughter back, and now... Ruth's like, sorry, Sam, I'm banging cameraman one. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Um, the, and that was, I mean, all the episodes were really good. All the stories were as good as they could be. Um, so, I mean, because basically you had uh, Melanie, Melrose, mm. is that the name they called her? Um, and Jenny, um, the, uh, you know complete racist entity of Asia. Uh, you had them kind of battling over who gets to sleep with who. Um, you had Stacy and Dawn, the TV version of Beat Down Biddies. Uh, yeah. You had them, basically their whole arc was they stole uh, their gimmick from Beirut. Beirut, yeah. Arthi. Um, uh, Reggie, uh, the Viking woman, she was fired. So she was missing for most of the season. She was, uh, um, Sam got really pissed off, um, and fired her. And, yep, that's, that's what happened there. <laughs> um, uh, who else? Oh, Carmen had her little thing where she was falling in love with Bash. Yeah. And she was still, she's still, like, the trainer. She is still the one they always go to to fix a match or something like that. Um, of course, we talked about Cherry Bang and her storyline. Um, Justine's story was wrapped into Sam's with the whole, her mom came back to get her and all that kind of stuff. So Justine's was wrapped 
well into to Sam's story of of she wants to stay there with Sam and her mom wants her to come back and um, they her mom didn't even know she was there yeah and it looked like she wasn't even really worried until she saw that she was on TV on TV <laughs> in one of those vignettes um, which was awesome and then Ruth Ruth had a really weird season for the main character of a wrestling show. So she started off and they kind of put her in the doghouse because Debbie didn't want anything from her. Yep. Um, and then, like, the show was kind of floundering and really didn't have, not Glow the show, but their wrestling show, Glow, yeah. uh, kind of floundered because they really didn't know what was going on. Now, part of this uh, interacts with my favorite episode, but at one point, Liberty Bell does something. That's bad enough that it gets her booed. The crowd turns on her. And Ruth is there. And Ruth is there every episode. She may not be able to wrestle. Like, they're not allowing her to wrestle. But she's there every episode. So what does she do? She decides, you know what? I'll take the heat. Yeah, I'll take the heat. And um, she takes the heat away from uh, from uh, Liberty Bell by kidnapping a little girl. Um, which actually turns into their most interesting storyline and that's actually just that's really 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 smart um of course that leads to a revived uh rivalry with liberty bell and what's her wrestling name what's ruth's wrestling name? um the russian the woman. russian woman yeah <laughs> uh i don't remember the wrestling names because i have to remember the actresses names the actresses names and the wrestler names <laughs> and try to remember the glow wrestling names from the real glow whatever um, but anyway, of course, that leads to her having a match with Liberty Bell, where Liberty Bell snaps her leg. Oh, that was hard to watch. Like an ankle lock gone bad. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was rough. It's like, what the fuck happened to Liberty Bell? Yeah, you know, I was re really impressed with this season. There were a couple of things. You had the wedding wrestling trope 101. Then you had the, uh, the actual injury in the ring. Yeah. And the third wrestling... Uh, a problem that pops up is gimmick infringement. Yep. I mean, this had the trifecta of things that you really shouldn't do. Yeah. But it exactly. gets done anyway. Exactly. <laughs> um, Ruth's personal life, of course, it looks like she, she looks like her and Sam get along really well. Then she starts falling for the camera guy, and um, she uh, she has that little love interest thing keep going until the very end actually she when she leaves for las vegas she's still with the camera guy um her and liberty bell kind of sort of make up because they're both completely screwed up people um uh the the, the wrestling wedding trope thing was really neat because you had um uh ruth go down a Whatever the zipline, the zipline, yeah. Um, Zoya, yeah, Zoya the Destroyer. Um, but anyway, everything Ruth did was really neat. I really liked her stories. So we agree on the our favorite episode, right? Oh yeah, episode fourteen of season two, or episode fourteen total, I believe, four of season two. Um, mother of all matches. Mm. This is. Character we haven't talked about her storyline because this was her her biggest story by far. Um, this episode was practically all her, the welfare queen. If you watched her in wrestling, you knew her as Awesome Kong in TNA or Karma in WWE. Ironically enough, 
karma. Um, but anyway, uh, this is an episode where the welfare queen, she goes to Stanford to visit her son, who she, who, I mean, super smart. Um, they, they have a, a, you see them together and it's like, wow, they either have really good chemistry or this is really well written for them to be a mother and son that have a history and, and they have a really good relationship and it's really, really neat. Um, but, um she has to leave there because that, that, that night she has to go and wrestle. Well, her son won't let her drive back. He drives her back. So he drives her back and then he winds up going to the wrestling show after she tells him what it is that she does. Um, cause she had always been like, uh, managing game shows and stuff. Like she was that person that does all the work where it's like, you see, if you've ever been to one of those tapings or something, someone who's getting everything in order and getting the crowd ready to respond appropriately, that kind of stuff. Um, and he goes and watches her and then he sees that she comes out and she's called the welfare queen. And it's it, her character in itself is really, I mean, she, she owns it, but it's really, awful and kind of super racist and um it's like well that's a vince mcmahon character right there um but it's like super racist and she's got to talk about how you all been working and i bought all this with everything that you've been giving me and all that kind of stuff and like her character is really interesting well he actually um he watches the whole thing and watches the match and it's actually a really good match and her and Liberty Bell um you know it's their send off for their feud Liberty Bell wins the title back and then continues to put down Welfare Queen and they start chanting but then everyone kind of turns on Liberty Bell because they're like that's actually really mean because Liberty Bell or Welfare Queen's She's crying now, so this is it's not a good guy, bad guy, and every, she starts losing the crowd. That's when Ruth intervenes with the whole kidnapping thing, um, and then the son is there, and and she feels really bad, and the son kind of comforts her. He's like, "I can't believe you did that. I can't believe that you picked that woman up and threw her around." And he kind of turns it on its head about how he should be ashamed. At least some people would think so, but then really, it's his mom, and she's doing what she has to do, and he should be proud of her. So that was that was actually really a really neat episode. And in that episode, you had Debbie with her thing still in the whole house. Oh, that was messed up. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Everything five dollars. Yeah. yeah, I wish that I could drive down the road and see that happening. I'm like, oh yeah, I need a bed for five dollars. Anyway, it, you know, Kia Stevens. I've seen many matches of hers in TNA. Yeah, many matches that she had in the WWE, and she was a good worker in-ring big girl uh she had really good matches she protected the people that she was wrestling yeah she never really uh, hurt anybody um and it was it she was really good to see her in this episode and the way that she acted the character and the way that um you, you see her with her son at stanford and then you see the way she is on the way to the match and after the match um you know she was in the back of her head, you can see that she was thinking, I know this is bad. I know this is, uh, uh, causes people to think negative things toward African Americans, but I don't look at it like this. I look at it as I'm playing a character and I'm getting a paycheck. And for her son to give her that seal of approval in a way, you know, I can't believe you're doing this. I can't believe you're able to pick up a woman like that and throw her around the ring. 
um, he may not like it, but he wants to support his mom. Yeah. And she just, and then the, she proves time and time again that, uh, you know, she can wrestle and she's, she's a great actress. And I think, honestly, if Vince or Steph or Tripp, if they're not watching Glow, they need to. And they need to contact Awesome Kong and get her back. Yep. Even if it's for a short run, they need to get her back. Her teamed up with uh, Nia Jax would be perfect, and it would be like the female Bludgeon Brothers. Or Natural Disasters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good, so good. So now we'll go over that finale a little bit. All right, so the the episode leading up to the finale was actually just an all-vignette episode. Like, it was a real glow episode, and I was like, this is really neat. I like watching this. This is entertaining. And look, um, that, that the way that they filmed that little episode with Zoya and she played her twin, that's that's what they really did on the show. Yeah. I'm just here for America. You know, that, <laughs> that, whole, that whole awful Russian accent. I loved it. Um, it's so good. I love Glow in that finale, the wedding. The fact that they turned on the fan and Bash, the announcer, was the one that married her. To keep her a citizen, which I don't think that's a part of the storyline. That was just part of their storyline, not the not the Glow show. Um, and then that ending where it was like, well, no one's going to pick you up. No one wants you. Um, it was like, well, that, everyone wanted them because the wedding ended in a battle royal. And that battle royal ended in an intergender match when Chavo Guerrero came out there with Carlito. And um, they both decided, well, let's fight. You you've been stealing my moves, and uh, then he <laughs> he goes over the top rope. He gets eliminated. Uh, him and Carlito are, are out of that, and then the match continues, and it's actually really it's actually really really cool. Um, it's Zoya the Destroyer coming down there, and it's it was a really cool glow episode. I, I like what they're. I would watch their their wrestling show. That's mm -hmm. how good it is. That's how interesting it is. Um, and, uh, that, I mean, that's, that's more reason for people to maybe go and watch the original Glow. Um, but uh, the, the, the very ending where it really twisted. Like, this, in real life, they were syndicated almost from day one. Yeah. And they just kept growing in how much they were syndicated because that's the way 80s TV worked. Is you had to expand into the market so it wasn't just countrywide already. Um, this one, it was like, well, your TV runs over, but you can be a live show in Vegas. Oh, shit. And they said, yes. Where do they go from here? Are they just going to stay a live show? Or are they going to be happy with that? I predict that Liberty Bell will not be happy with just being a live show and that she will continue to push for TV. I believe that Sam will stay and be like, yeah, live show is great. I just have to direct this. I don't have to worry about TV assholes. Sure. But I believe that maybe Bash will want to go into TV. Liberty Bell and Bash will continue to do what they did here, but they're going to try to figure out a way around the contracts, and Liberty Bell's ex-husband can really help with that. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. That final episode is probably so many different wrestling tropes in this episode. Yeah. And just to see the the intergender match, um, if you pay attention while that match is going on, uh, Chavo is talking to uh, Machu Picchu in the ring, and he's like, "Okay, hip toss. Yeah. Okay, this. Well, that you know, when you're watching a WWE match." And sometimes you see the wrestlers talking back and forth. You think they're talking smack to each other because that's 
their facial expression that's what it's supposed to look like they're actually going over their match they're okay well don't forget to do this well you know screw you man okay don't forget you to do this yeah instead of saying you piece of shit they're saying (laughs) you better not hurt me so it gives you an inside look about what goes on in the ring uh between the wrestlers that yes it's choreographed but i mean these guys get hurt crap happens especially if you botch a move uh, but this, the, you know, you get to see these ladies have an awesome match, an awesome night, and they're like, "Yeah, celebrating," and then their bubble gets popped. Yeah. And they feel deflated, and then here comes Skinny Horatio Sands, which he looks damn good. He I'm does. not. He. I'm so glad he got healthy uh, and lost a lot of that weight. But it, for him to come out and be like, "Let's go live. We'll go to Vegas. I got a club." <laughs> Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right, we do the five-star rankings usually. Where would you rank the second season of GLOW? What kind of ranking would you give it? <laughs> Rating, not ranking. You know, there are a couple things that fell flat, but to me it didn't, it wasn't, uh, it felt like every actress, every character had some type of arc except for the Viking. Um, <laughs> well, she did later on when she played like a guard for the yeah. for the Russian. Those were really neat vignettes. Um, uh, you know, I, I I'm going to give season two a four point five. Um, I don't want to give it a perfect score, but overall, with with everything that they did and uh, included a lot of things uh, going on today. Uh, you know, everybody knows that it's the worst kept secret in Hollywood that producers and directors try this shady shit that. They shouldn't be doing at all anyway. Um, It's just, uh, you know, you get to see a look into the the ins and outs of wrestling, uh, ins and outs of being a producer. I mean, look at Liberty Bell. She was up here, and then you get to the episode where she's getting high at her house and selling all of her shit and forgets to go pick up her son from the daycare. Yeah, uh, and everything kind of implodes on her, and then yeah. she breaks Zoya's ankle, and I mean it just keeps going. Um, so good. It, I just if I gave it a perfect score, I think it would. It, I wouldn't be honest with myself, but a four point five is what I'd give it. Nice. I would. You know what? I'm gonna be that substitute teacher that people like showing up. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a five out of five. I am easy. Um, but this show did really good stuff, and it it. You know, part of it makes me think, you know, wrestlers go through this too. They still have to go there and fight. I wonder if any of them have snapped before. I know some have snapped, but, like, for good reason. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to give it a five. Uh, five out of five. It, it's great. It was awesome. It's probably my most consistently favorite show on Netflix. It's either Glow or Luke Cage. Oh, uh, Since they both have two seasons to work with. Um, like I said, House of Cards fell apart season four. Um, Orange is the New Black fell apart season four. Uh, so it's like, well, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll die. But luckily, it hasn't been picked up yet. So there's no way it can ruin itself if it doesn't even have a season three. Unfortunately, it hasn't been picked up yet. What the fuck are you doing, Netflix? Pick it up. It's amazing. And people love it. Uh, we usually do our, at the end of these podcasts, uh, we go through bad reviews, good reviews, bad reviews, good review, reviews, using Rotten Tomatoes. Um, however, there are no bad reviews. Everybody loves the show. 
there's no better views. So we're just going to go through back and forth our favorite. I'm going to do a couple. Uh, our favorite um, bad reviews or good reviews. Because uh, there are no better reviews. I'm going to start with uh, Delilah Harrington of Den of Geek. She said, Glow course corrects around issues of racism, LGBTQ storylines, and catfight premise of season one while maintaining its core appeal. A great soundtrack, a talented ensemble, and low budget. We're all in this together vibe on the Island of Misfit Toys. <laughs> Which is kind of perfect. Um, then... Uh, I have Matt Fowler of IGN Movies. Matt Fowler is also their wrestling review person on IGN, so he has um, he has relevancy to being able to review this show. He said, Glow is back, and not only does the show have a fresh sheen of confidence, but its characters now continually find themselves more at home with one another in the ring, adding new layers of vital vulnerability. And I agree with that one. Uh, and I, I mean, his wasn't necessarily super... Um, distinct in any way. I just like Matt Fowler. I know the way he does at IGN. And he doesn't steal people's reviews. Um, that was a reference to what was happening yesterday on Twitter. If you didn't see it, go look it up. IGN plagiarism. Go look it up. It's awesome. Uh, also, USA Today um, said the first season was about women taking control of their bodies and personas on screen, but this year they're learning to take control of their careers as actresses behind the scenes, too. Which is very much what Liberty Bell does and stuff. Do you have any? Uh, uh, Brian Tattercrow, however you say his last name, from uh, RogerEbert.com, you know, said this is a fantastic television, uh, funny, clever, and with as many to with a lot to say about Me Too movement as as well as '80s fashion, which that's true. Yeah. Oh, this thing is loaded with Aquanet hair and <laughs> yes. Um, another one that I saw that I thought was really good is. Um, these gorgeous ladies grapple with a world that demands them and demands that they're, uh, that demands them and demands their labor for laughs while making it clear that they're each expendable, which is very true. Uh, you, you know, as you watch the show, you see that everybody is expendable for the show. I mean, they really don't need them. They have to fight to stay on this TV show and they prove themselves week in and week out when they, you know, they're going through these practices and doing this stuff and even their personal lives factor into all this and for every critic to have nothing but positive things to say about the show why aren't you people watching it yes please renew this renew it um uh also uh just to give another male review of this because i mean it's important that it goes to both types of people um brian lowry of cnn.com says it's originally it originally a fun if what somewhat lightweight trip down memory lane glow has taken on a richer texture and greater relevance in its second season which is very true yep um and it and like i said it is important that this show is actually very good at getting its message across to people from all backgrounds and sexes it's not uh it's not the annoying version of feminism that doesn't teach you anything it, it can actually create more enemies than than um than supporters this is one that lets you get invested with the characters and you like the characters and then you see what's going on so if someone just starts out with it's a feminist movement uh, and you don't really have a reason to be connected to the characters then Sometimes, if it's portrayed poorly, it can come off as to the to certain people it can come off as like just kind of complaining and bitchy and stuff. And 
this one, it's like, yeah, you really like Ruth. All right, now this producer's going to try to fuck her. And if she doesn't fuck him, then they're going to cancel the show that you like. Okay. Fuck. That really sucks. And you feel for them. And you, they put them in situations where it's not just so black and white. And I really like that. Yeah. Uh, and then you get, you know, she, she stands up for herself. She leaves. She gets the hell out of there, which is what you're supposed to do. Don't put yourself through that kind of crap. And then she gets berated and insulted and talked down to by Liberty Bell because she didn't sleep with the producer. Yeah, she deals with the, the backlash. Um, just because you choose to do something that's right does not mean that it is right for everyone. And you do have to deal with the fall, the, the the fallout of that. And she dealt with the fallout of that. It was really, it was really a neat, neat dynamic. But that is our spoiler cast slash review slash reading review slash casting review slash 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 of Glow season two. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, we also have other podcasts in case you enjoyed this one. That means you might like pro wrestling. And the pro wrestling podcast we have is the one that is actually um, kept to a set schedule. <laughs> Schedules are good, especially if you like watching or listening to stuff. We hate to be like that show that takes br- a CW show that takes breaks every couple of weeks. And then you're just like, well, when do they come back? And you try to look it up on Facebook or Twitter, but they've been radio silent. <laughs> we hate to be that. It happens. But they get paid, and they're still doing it. We don't get paid, and we're, we do it. So maybe we can be better than them. If we're better than CW, it wouldn't be very hard. But I would. that's our goal. <laughs> Take the Studios Podcast, Better Than CW. I want that to be our tagline. We'll get there with the help of you. If you enjoyed this, please share it. Like it. Comment on it. Subscribe to us. Share it on Twitter. You can share it on Facebook. You can show all your friends the embarrassing podcast you listen to. Whatever. Whatever you want to do. Uh, you can find us uh, collectively on all social medias at Take the Studios. And you can find our YouTube uh, channel, which where, where we do gaming for charity, at YouTube.com slash Take the Studios. Also... Um, you can uh, find us individually. Myself at SYCO1316. I am at Joker ha 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 79. Find us, berate us, or be nice to us. That'd be a nice change of pace. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>